What's going on, thinkers? Welcome back to Thoughts by DeVille DI, bringing you another great episode with another great person, an author, a boss babe. That's what she said in her bio. I didn't make that up. <laughs> so don't I don't want no smoke. <laughs> today I have with me Patrice Rivers. How are you doing today, Patrice? I'm good to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today. I um, really do appreciate anytime anybody takes the time to speak with me because you could be anywhere in the world right now. <laughs> You're welcome. So first, we like to get to know people um, a little bit about each other because, you know, you never know what about your backstory may inspire or help the next person to um, be motivated or realize, you know what, I can do something too because she did that. So tell us a little bit about who Patrice Rivers is. Okay. Well, I am an author of eight books. With my ninth book being released in September, I am a blogger. I am a freelance writer. I am the owner and creator of that Rivers Girl brand. Also, I own my own magazine called Versify Magazine. Mm. And I'm also a journalist. So I do a lot of different things. I always keep him busy. A lot of irons <laughs> in the fire. That's good. So um, where are you from? I am from VA, Suffolk, Virginia. Seven five seven. Yeah. I, I used to live in Herndon, Virginia for a while. Okay. Yeah. I don't I, think I'm familiar with that too much. I don't think a lot Is of it? people are. I had I yeah. never heard I had never heard of it before I moved there. It's like right outside of DC. It's I guess it's oh, so Northern like, Virginia. Yeah. I guess it's considered okay. like the metro DC or suburban yeah. DC, something like mm -hmm. that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. North Northern. <laughs> So have you lived there your whole life? Um, not really my whole life. I was born in Sumter, South Carolina, and also I lived in Hawaii for five years. But VA is pretty much my home, you know. Um, actually, I lived here in Suffolk for a long time, between Suffolk and Virginia. But born in Sumter, and I lived in Hawaii five years. So, yeah. Okay. So what was life like for you growing up? Um, life for me, it's been pretty good, um, considering I'm the only child. So I guess you would say I was always independent. I enjoy doing things myself. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like to play with a lot of kids growing up. You know, I kept to myself most of the time. Yeah. So I was kind of like chill, laid back, you would say. Even now, you know, I graduated college and everything. So I'm pretty much laid back. I keep to myself. What school, so, what school did you go to? For high school, um, Rafford High School. Oh, for uh, college, you say you just graduated? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, college was Virginia State University in Petersburg, Virginia. Virginia State, that's the HBCU, isn't it? Yep. Sure is. Shout out to the HBCUs. 
Yep. Oh nine, graduating oh nine. Oh oh nine. I thought you had yep. I thought you were saying that you had just graduated. Oh no. But either way, still congratulations because it's still <laughs> a major you. accomplishment. And we yeah, so we're gonna celebrate that. So thank you. <laughs> a quick quick question on a side note. Being that you went to a HBCU, do you think what do you think or do you even have an opinion on the push that's been going on recently? to get more of, of the top tier athletes to sign to HBCUs instead of going to the, you know, the, the, the Georgias and, and Clemson's of the world? Um, I think for, I mean, I think a lot of HBCU, I mean, it's good to go to an HBCU, especially as an African-American, just to learn a little bit more about um, black culture in the community. But I mean, I guess it's all about, what you want but i mean for me personally it's been a, it's been a while but it, it was a great experience i mean we all you know need to experience that in life so you know going to that you know hbcu i think i think it's a great experience you know i know each school is different but yeah. you know, virginia state virginia state i mean it was good I mean, with my major mass communication i learned some stuff but honestly you know, I self-taught a lot of other stuff as well. But, I mean, it was a great experience, you know, with um, campus activities and other stuff. But, yeah. That's cool. I just, I was just wondering because, you know, I didn't have that experience. So I was just wondering oh, with somebody okay. who actually went to HBC, <laughs> how they felt about it. Um, so when did you – you wrote, written nine books? Um, yes, my ninth book will be, it's a children's book. It'll be published in September. So yeah, I've written actually nine books. When did you yeah. realize you had this knack or this love for the pen for writing? Um, I started, well, actually I was um, given a gift of writing at the early age of nine. I started out writing creative stories. That's how I got my start with writing. And somewhere between that, when I was 15, I kind of started writing poetry. And I kind of stuck with poetry for a long time until um, my first book, 2012, where I published my first poetry book, my second in 2013. But I had four poetry books total. So yeah, that's how my writing journey began. Um, I write poetry, children, and I've written um, two fiction. I'm kind of more focused on children's books and I'll be writing my first nonfiction this year as well. Man, that's, you stay busy because <laughs> I, I can't imagine, man, but that's, that's, that's great. You know, that you have that type of drive and that type of focus to, Thank you. to accomplish that, you know, yes, hard work. it's hard enough from, from as yeah. I've been, as I've been interviewing and speaking with more and more authors, <clears throat> right. Excuse me. I'm realizing, like, it's hard enough to do one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it if, is. For you had been able to power through that many. And then you said you get <laughs> a magazine. and man. Yeah, that's, that's enough work as it is, the magazine. <laughs> what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of magazine is it? Um, well, it's called Versify, and basically it's um, geared towards business owners, authors, mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs, both men and women. Um, of diversity. So this is actually my second magazine. The first one was called Fuse. This one, I kind of went and started the second one towards African Americans, but then I'm like, well, I'm kind of leaning, to leaning towards, 
you know, diversity because I think diversity is very important. So mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, went with that. I changed the magazine title. It was called Black Stardom, my second magazine. And then it was called Black Versity. I'm like, well, this sounds kind of black. So Versify did some research. Versify kind of stuck. And now, of course, the new name. But basically, it's an online magazine. And I do a lot of different promotions, advertisement, packages to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and authors get gain more exposure, especially for first-time authors and new business owners. So I've been busy pretty much the whole year, you know, people, you know, emailing me and trying to get interviews and stuff. So that's that's a job itself. Yeah. And even though it's not my full time job, but that's still a full time job itself because I'm always promoting somebody and doing this, creating. I do a lot of uh, graphic designs with the magazine. But yeah, it, it keeps me busy. That's awesome. So with your many, many ventures that you have out there, <laughs> your cornucopia of creativity. That was a bar right there. I could put, put somebody give it a beat. But with your many, <laughs> Many, many ventures that you have going on. Which one is that you here to shine the light on today? Well, I want to kind of talk more about what's well, going My children book, my latest. Cause I've been promoting my latest children book um, mm-hmm. that I published in 2016 called Patricia's Guardian Angel because it's kind of more than a children book. It's about a journey of a little girl named Patricia who battles with sickle cell. And that's a topic you don't really hear a lot about. And I have sickle cell, so I'm I'm trying to um put it out there more, you know, and be an educator too. So I definitely want to talk about that. Okay, that so book. um for those who may not know, could you explain a little bit what is sickle cell? Definitely, definitely. Okay, so sickle cell is a genetic inherited blood disorder that um affects about 90% of the African-American community. Um, one, the child, you know, can have sickle cell. The way they have a sickle cell or get sickle cell, mm-hmm. like I said, is inherited. And both parents must be carrying the sickle cell trait. And then it's about 25% chance that a child would have sickle cell disease. They would either have the sickle cell trait or nothing at all. So it's kind of like a scientific thing. Mm-hmm. But it's basically a genetic inherited blood disorder that attacks the red blood cells. Um, a person with sickle cell doesn't have normal red blood cells. They have what you call a sickle shape um, blood cell or sickle or banana shape or spear shape. So they have fewer blood cells than most normal people without the actual disease. But it's not like cancer. It's not like diabetes. You can't, anybody can't just catch it because like I said, it's inherited and it kind of affects most of the African-American community. However, it does affect um, other origins, origins such as the Caribbean, um, India. It affects um, the DR, Dominican Republic and other um, Hispanics. So it's not only what people sometimes call it the black disease. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's it's affected with other other um, cultures as well. So a lot of people don't you don't really hear too much about it because they think it's a black disease and it's not because it does affect mostly the African American community. But that's why a lot of people don't really promote it as much. So 
I think that is, is very important. Okay. Is, is that what inspired you to write this, um, this story, this children's book to, because people don't talk about it a lot, did you feel like it was needed to get that word out more? It was needed in the fact that I have sickle cell. I was diagnosed with sickle cell at the age of one. Ooh. And because, yeah, and because um, I experienced so much growing up having different pain crises. And one thing about people living with sickle cell, um, one of the main symptoms is pain. And I'm not sure if you heard anybody talk about how severe the pain is. It's, it's like it's unstoppable because the one way to treat it is pain medicine. But if you're just having a pain crisis, it can, it can occur at any time whether it's in your joints or in your back, neck, or whatever. It, it comes out the blue mm. sometimes. But I wanted to write a children's book and a series about my experience living with sickle cell because you don't really hear about it. I mean, you hear about other things in children's books, but not really sickle cell. So I kind of want to take the initiative to actually create a children's book as well as an education book about it. And in my ninth book, it's actually book two of it. It's called Patricia's Trip to the Hospital. I'm sorry, Patricia's Visit to the Hospital. And that comes out in September. And September is Sickle Cell Awareness Month. And also June 19th is Sickle Cell World Sickle Cell Day. So I think it's very important. To give us an idea, um, as a child growing up with sickle cell, like how did that affect your day to day as a, you know, being that you were um, diagnosed with it so early, like how did that affect your life? How was your life like different than a child that didn't have sickle cell? For me personally, um, I don't remember. Well, as far as school activities, I, I was still able to play, you know, with the other kids during recess. So one, one important thing about sickle cell is, you must keep hydrated. So water is very important. So of course I would have a doctor's note mm-hmm. to my teacher stating, okay, well she has to have water or take frequent water breaks. Um, but it didn't really affect my day-to-day daily activities because I was a strong warrior. I still went to school sick a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. even though I was hospitalized a lot of times too at an early age. But most of my pain if it was in my back, um, it, it was so severe, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't really lie, you know, flat on my back because that's how severe the pain is. And, of course, you'd be in tears. And like I said, the main treatment for people that has pain with sickle cell are pain medicines, different types of pain medicines that doctors prescribe. But it didn't really affect me to a point where I really stayed home unless I was hospitalized due to a pain crisis syndrome or acute, acute chest syndrome. But it's just keeping water, you know, nearby, being sure, making sure that I'm hydrated. So, and not being exposed to heat a lot. Cause that's another thing with sickle cell patients. You can't be exposed to severe hot weather mm-hmm. or even a cold, you know, not being too cold because that can trigger um, pain crisis as well. So but I was a strong warrior growing up. My last pain crisis was actually 
1999, that was the actual, the official last time I was hospitalized. Hmm. Yeah. So do, do you have like memories of, of being when you were hospitalized as a child? Um, I have a few, few memories. I remember I guess one time trying to get my IV in, you know, for blood transfusion. They, they always had a hard time um, putting the IV in for some reason. But that was always a pain because it used to stick me in my arm like several times that, that hurt. But um, that was like one of the memories I had. But now, of course, if I get blood work, it's no problem. They get it yeah. first try. But, but yeah, that was one of the memories and just being hospitalized. I don't really have too much vivid memories of it, but, you know, just with the Ivy part. Okay. So are those, are those the type of things that you're covering um, in your in your book with Patricia's journey? Oh, things like that, or like, how is it going? How are you going about telling that story to well, the children? Patricia, right? So, for Patricia's guardian angel is basically about, of course, a little girl, you know, with sickle cell, and she discovers this this um, stray cat in her yard. And actually, the the guardian angel is the cat, and it's like kind of my my grandmother. She um, passed away from breast cancer in 2012, mm-hmm. so. She's a cat in the story, cat, you know, Catherine the cat. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I put her in the story or put the cat in the story is because she was always encouraging me and giving me, you know, words of wisdom. So I wanted to use that in the story for Patricia when she's hospitalized that, okay, if she's scared or if she needs encouragement, then her guardian angel is there, you know, with her. So of course, the cat, the only person that can see the cat is Patricia. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's a talking cat. <laughs> so a talking black cat. So that's kind of her guardian angel. No one else can't see the cat, but her, not even her friends. But, I mean, it's a good story. And with the um, second book, Patricia, Patricia's visit to the hospital just talks about her being hospitalized, having a pain, you know, pain crisis. And most of the things people go through, and adults as well, go through live with sickle cell because they're always hospitalized. A lot of them go to hospital every month or maybe every two weeks. It just depends. Everybody's experience with sickle cell is different. Is that because of, of the pain that you're hospitalized? Or like, is, does it have a different effect? Like, um, like with pain, with me personally, a lot of people have joint pains. Mm-hmm. With me, I didn't really have joint pains in my legs. So I was kind of, you know, lucky with that, plus with that. But like I said, each person is, is four different types of sickle cell, sickle cell disease. I have the, the most severe of them all, but it's four different types of sickle cell. Um, everybody, it affects everyone differently. I know people I've talked to um, at this conference years ago in D.C., sickle cell conference, people have had hip replacements. They were in their 20s. Um, with jaundice, it affects in your eyes. And then a lot of people with sickle cell have jaundice in their eyes, which, you know, it's like a yellowing, a yellow color mm. of their eyes. And it can affect, that jaundice can affect some of the vessels in the blood cells in the eyes where it can cause blindness. That's why it's important for people with sickle cell to get their eyes checked out at least once or twice a year. Even for monitoring your heart, 
that sort of thing. I know people have kidney failure, um, leg ulcers and stuff. So I never really experienced all that stuff, but like I said, it affects people differently and they hear their stories about how they had hip replacements and stuff at an early age. It's crazy. So it, for me, fortunately, pain was the um, only thing I dealt with. I never really had, I had gallbladder removal and stuff like that, but it wasn't nothing severe. Yeah. But people now, they experience pain often. And they're, and you can die from sickle cell, of course. I mean, the pain crisis can be so severe. You can't die from, a lot of people have right. died from sickle cell. So, Man, you're really educating me on this because yeah. <laughs> the last time, and I can understand from the severity of that you're explaining to me of this uh, disease, sickle cell, why you find it important to get this message out because right. the last time, honestly, the last time I heard somebody say sickle cell that I can remember is when my nephew, my third nephew was born. And I remember my sister being upset because I think, I guess they said he had the trait, a sickle cell trait. Right. But he didn't end up having sickle cell though. Right, right. So I remember her being, I was, because I was probably, when he was born, I probably was 18, 19 years old. And I remember her being very upset about that. And then right. it was just kind of like, oh, no, he didn't, he didn't have it. So that was, but that's, that was, he's probably 24, 25 now. And right. that's the last time that I can think through my memory that I remember somebody met around me mentioning sickle cell. I, I, it's like, wow, that's, so I yeah. never knew. <laughs> you know that it was that that really what sickle the sickle cell was that serious. Yeah, you know? it is. Mm -hmm. And, and then, go ahead. The sickle cell trait, you know. Sorry, the sickle cell trait. You don't really have complications. I mean, I haven't heard people that has the actual trait have complications. Like I said, both my parents have the trait, so they don't have complications. So, being that he's a carrier, of course, it you know goes down the pattern. Say. He married somebody with a sickle cell trait. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being educated on, okay, the kids and if they have a sickle cell um, disease or nothing at all. So it's just, it's like a scientific diagram thing. You know, still learning more and more and just trying to educate people. But like I said, it's, it's not really talked about a lot because people, it affects mostly African Americans and. I ain't gonna lie, I mean, a lot of African Americans don't support it or advocate on it like they should, like mm -hmm. you do with cancer, because you hear about breast cancer, cancer all year. Yeah. But you don't hear about sickle cell that much unless it's like World Sickle Cell Day or September. Yeah, we, but, we yeah. hear about the breast cancer, we hear yeah, about all the, year. Uh, the diabetes, yep. Uh, yep. heart disease, Yep. all that stuff is, is exactly. what. Wow. So, what age group would you say this your book is for, or or can it just span through? You know, honestly, it can be for all ages because I want the adults to educate themselves as well. But if I had to put an age group with it, I have infants that have the book, but um, technically, between the ages of, I guess, five through eleven. Like I said, adults, you know, them reading to the kids or, you know, learning is 
adults that don't know about sickle cell, it can be a great educational piece for them as well. Put in the back, I have a workbook, a page, true or false about sickle cell. So mm-hmm. just basic education. And the second book is coming out in September. It has actual word, word search. It has more, you know, resources. You can go to websites. You know, it's a lot of resources out there. That's awesome. That is definitely some good work that you're doing right there. Now, tell the people where they, where they can find this book. Well, you can always um, go on Amazon, type in either my name or this Patricia's Garden Angel. You can type that in, it'll pop right up. Or if you want to go to my website, patricerivers.com, I have a link called Books, and you can click on that. It'll take you directly to my um, author page on Amazon, and they can purchase it like that. Great. Make sure if you want to educate yourself and your children on this sickle cell, y'all go pick that up. Cause I, I've just learned a lot in just these few minutes that I, I didn't know about. And I probably honestly wouldn't have thought about unless until I took the time out to speak out with this young lady and she's doing some good work out here. Now, what else, what else you got? You got anything else that you're, that you're promoting right now or any thing upcoming? Um, well, Besides the magazine, um, trying to promote, like I said, the new children book. Um, I have, well, I've been had the cover and just, I'll probably put that out there just to promote that. Also, I am bringing back my podcast. I used to have a podcast, but it was too much work <laughs> where I interviewed people. So I'm bringing that back. Um, it's called a Rivers Girl podcast. It'll just be me talking about different topics. Um, Related to authors, mostly, you know, sharing different writing tips and business tips and motivation. Also, trying to bring a series for Sickle Cell. I want to add that to the podcast as well. So that's mm-hmm. kind of an upcoming project. And also, um, Married to Journalism Suite. Basically, as a journalist, I've interviewed so many people. I kind of want to, you know, give back to the writing community, of course, and teach people how to set up their blog site or how to become a journalist or interview people and how to um, create their own magazine. So that's included with the Married to Journalism Suite. I'm not sure when I'm going to launch that, but it's coming soon. Mm. We make sure you keep us updated on that. Or you, you can come on back and we can do this over again. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely planning on coming back. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just thought of something. How does, or does it, uh, a sickle cell, um, um, does that make you more acceptable, susceptible to like, the coronavirus? Um, it do because a lot of people with sickle cell have a weak immune system. I have a weak immune system, so it's very, because I can easily get infections and stuff. People with sickle cell can get infections, so it's very, very, very important that people with single cells take good care of themselves. Uh, of course, me, when I go out in public places, I wear my mask uh, always, you know, because of my weak immune system. I know a lot of times with blood drives and stuff, people that need blood transfusions, um, patients, sickle cell patients with blood transfusions, we need more people, African-American people, to donate blood, of course, for blood transfusions. So. 
that but yeah definitely with the coronavirus definitely people with sickle cell can can be easily affected because of their weak immune system so but so far so good you know like i say i don't go to many places i just go pick up my medicine or the grocery store but i'm always wearing my mask when i go out yeah i'm i'm slowly getting a little more confident you know like how how it can kind of it'll, it'll start off it'll just go to the door mm-hmm. it might take a little couple steps on the port i'm like that the first place that because i'm with my work i've been working pretty much through the whole thing so i was a hundred percent i was a hundred percent sure that i was gonna get it i was like there's no way i encounter yeah. too many people every day and i travel you know around different, oh, okay. different cities around so i'm like i'm probably gonna get this but so far so good yeah, as long as you, I keep saying tablets and stuff, wipes. Yeah, <laughs> and I, honestly, that's what kind of kind of boosted my confidence a little bit. Not telling you people to get out there and just go buck wild. That's yeah. not what Davila's <laughs> saying, but that's what boosted my confidence a little bit. Because I was like, I'm out all the time, and I haven't got it yet, but I'm Why still be? very cautious. Yeah, where I'm going, be. like I'm not going to a bar or a club. Nah, right now. nah, that's too um, shoot. I do. <laughs> I do go to the gun range. Got to keep my skills sharp just in case. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting a little wild out here. It is. Um, and I do go to the gym. Like I say, yeah. you got to stay ready just in case. You never know when you yeah. might need to run a mile or two. You know, you never know when you might need to pull yourself right. off, off a ledge. So right. you got to stay. I believe that you have to stay physically prepared for whatever may happen. Some things may happen. You never know. Yeah. They're avoiding places with a lot of people, like, of course, amusement parks and, um, I don't know, just large gatherings because I'm not going traveling no, no time soon. Yeah. Like I said, go to the grocery store. My job's been open the whole time through this whole thing. But it's been closed to the public. So we're about to open back up information, see everything, everybody. So that I'm not looking forward to it. But I'll have my mask, sanitizer, wipes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, my my uh my daughter actually had to travel. She was here when the lockdowns happened, and then oh wow, she went to she lives in California. Her mom's in pharmacy school out there, so oh, okay, we ended up she ended up flying back because they still hadn't made the decisions about school oh, what yeah. they were gonna do for school, and then mm-hmm. the day after she left. It was announced, you know, no more school for years. Like you could have just stayed here. Wow. All the way through to the summer and through the summer. Yeah. And then unfortunately she had her grandfather pass. So they ended oh. up having to travel to DC. They're in DC. Wow. And it's like, uh, every time she uh-uh, goes, yeah, like, a, I'm cringing, but you're like, so far so good. Yeah. So far so good. When Especially she left planes. When she left here, she said it was so little people on the plane yeah that everybody had their own row it was like nobody's nobody well, had good, at least yeah you know because that was that was in the heat of it everybody was right was real uh, cautious then exactly nobody on the planes i still could fly, fly a plane or go on one day. no i just couldn't <laughs> i rather drive because i'm just i don't know planes amusement parks I used to go to Bush Gardens every year. Yeah. But can't do that. 
Yeah, movie theaters. <laughs> definitely not going in there. <laughs> yeah, movie crazy. theaters. It's crazy. I was. Dang, well, the Joker came out. That's when it was just oh, like, yeah. everything was starting to stir up. Yeah. And me and my daughter went to see the Joker, and the dude beside me was coughing. And oh, I was nope. terrified the whole freaking movie. <laughs> I ended yeah, up. People coughing. Because here you have to, you get assigned seats. I don't know if they do that in Virginia, but you yep, buy a specific mm-hmm. seat. Yep. So I, I switched seats with my daughter because he was coughing. <laughs> Uh, right. Nah, I gotta put a border between them. But then I was, I'm now I'm uncomfortable because he's called. But I think he felt it because he moved because the the theater didn't fill up and he moved right like down a little bit. So I think he was kind of like, let me get away from these people. I'm, <laughs> I'm coughing. Exactly. Especially people coughing now. It's like people looking at you funny. It's like gunshots. Even, yeah. <laughs> or I sneeze. I'm like, okay. I cover my mouth and I'm like. Well, I understand. I mean, people always told me I, it's crazy social distancing. Some people don't even follow it. Yeah. I go in the post office. They have, of course, stickers on the ground. I try to, you know, follow instructions. But some people don't. They get close to you in the back. I'm like looking behind me constantly. Yeah. They follow no social distancing at the gun range at all. Wow. So I go, I'm usually the first person there. They, when oh, they, that's good. Yeah, they open at noon. I get there at eleven fifty, and I'm the first person in line, <laughs> so I can go in there and go into my little area. I can avoid the crowd, and then when I'm done, right. I come out and I pay, and I, I'm on my way. Yep, that's the best way because too much so crowd you, and stuff. Have you guys um, caught any of that of uh, the protests that's been going on in your area? Um, well, where I'm at suffer, we had some peaceful protesting. I know nice, Richmond nice. had crazy stuff. I only heard of one in Richmond. They had some burning down something. You know, I don't know. That's in Richmond. But Suffolk so far, um, it's been peaceful. I'm kind of skeptical about protesting because I, I don't know. So I probably won't because all the stuff going on. Yeah. So I mean, I don't mind doing it in Suffolk because Suffolk was pretty good so far. You know, but other other city like I said, Richmond, Richmond. I didn't know they had. I was a riot, but they something caught on. Something they burned down. I get the whole story, but yeah. They, but other riot, other stuff is crazy. But they just burnt the Wendy's the other day. In, oh yeah, yeah, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, I read about that. Good I'm, I'm probably twenty, thirty minutes outside of Atlanta. Oh wow! Not going up in there no time soon. No, no. Especially not mm-hmm. after dark. No, just because you never know. You never know. Um, friend of mine exactly. tried, to, tried to get. Oh, it's my birthday. We're going. Okay, where you going? Yes, yeah, it's, it's downtown. No, uh-uh. <laughs> new. No. Not getting caught uh-uh. up in the middle of none of that. No, I'd rather stay home and just, like I say, work and go other places. Yeah, Walmart, food line. <laughs> and for the most part, the protests are they are peaceful. During the yeah. day, during the day, and yeah. even mostly at the night. But then, you know, at, as they say, you know, at the night that element comes out. When it gets dark, the element. Yeah, comes out. that's when everything. That's with DC, and and I, yeah. I, I really feel like there's those there's well people who are taking advantage of the protest to do whatever they want to do. They're yep. not there to <laughs> protest. It's like, hey, no, there's a crowd of people there. down here. 
we yep. can go down here and probably get away with anything because it's too Lord. many people down. Exactly. That's what they're doing. And what, it's crazy. It's like it's the same thing when I go I like college football. So here around here we got right. University of Georgia, we got Georgia Tech, you know. Right. So I go to games and it's the same you see the same thing when games let out. Because right. there's so many people. They don't report it that is. a lot though. But it's so many people, <laughs> you know, I think that stadium might be 30,000, 40,000 people, and they're wow. all leaving at one time. Yeah, and I don't like, I like to avoid crowds. I don't like crowds. Yeah, I was, I'm a crowd person. And see, I, I'm, a, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. So oh, okay. I go, they play, <laughs> like, they'll play here this year, then they'll play in Miami next year. When they play here, I make sure I go because it's here. Right, So definitely. One time I went, first time I went, matter of fact, years ago, I go to the game and I'm leaving. It's, like I said, this is just this massive crowd moving through the campus. And I'm trying to find where I parked. I look <laughs> up and I realize I'm on a freaking street full of frat Oh, houses. wow. <laughs> and there's frat guys all outside, all wow. in the yard. And we lost. So, they're aggressive. They're wow. Aggressive. They're loud. They're talking smack. And it's like, oh, I turned down the wrong street. <laughs> and, um, that yeah, is funny. Yeah. So I felt I was real uncomfortable. But then there was this one guy that was like, I don't know how that, how frats work, but there's this right. one guy who just kind of came out. And was like, y'all shut up. And the street unanimously shut up. Almost. Wow. You know, he's funny. As we was <laughs> walking, funny. he was walking, telling everybody to shut up. Because this the reason I went that way, <laughs> because all of the people wearing Miami stuff was walking that way. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna walk with them. Yeah, Little did I know we was going straight down the street full of refresh. And so it was getting kind of rowdy, and this one guy wow. like I said, he just started telling everybody to shut up, and everybody just kind of shut up and let That's it funny. go by. It was a beautiful thing. I was happy. Made it out there. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you up all day. I appreciate you talking. <laughs> You're fine. You walk no problem. Tell the, with a good conversation. <laughs> tell the people one more time where they can find your books and your social medias and anything else you want to shout out right now. All right, so you can find my book, Patricia's Guardian Angel, on Amazon. Like I said, you can go to my website, patricerivers.com, and click on the link called Books, and it'll take you directly to my author page on Amazon. Also, I'm very active on social media. You can follow my Instagram page at that Rivers Girl brand. I'm going to spell up for you. It's um, T-H-A-T-R-I-V-E-R-Z-G-U. R-L, brand, B-R-A-N-D. That's on Instagram. Also, um, active on Facebook. You can like my Facebook pages, Married to Journalism, um, That Rivers Girl, and Author P. Fierce. That's, those are my pages on um, Facebook. And yeah, just basically, oh yeah, my YouTube page. I, I do have a YouTube channel, um, TRGBTV is my YouTube channel where you can check out videos I do for the magazine. 
um, and just videos in general about promotions and about my brand. So be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, TRGBTV. Stay tuned for new book projects. I'm dropping my children's book, Patricia's Visit to the Hospital in September and on a sickle cell awareness month and stay tuned for new book projects as well y'all make sure y'all go over there and check her out on all her social medias and on that youtube check out that book and educate yourselves and your children on sickle cell it's needed once again thank you for taking the time out to talk with me today i really appreciate it thank you for inviting me and to the listeners as always i love and appreciate each and every last one of you guys because without you I'd just be talking to myself. And y'all have a great day. We out here.